Hi, I'm Monica Woodhams, and this is the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast. I'm an influencer consultant, and I'm interviewing entrepreneurs, influencers, and industry experts who are making an impact and influencing the world so that we can start to live a life that we are so totally obsessed with. Hey y'all, I'm here today with Sarah Tripp, the blogger and influencer behind Sassy Red Lipstick. Sarah was recently featured in Forbes as a standout influencer who has turned her social media account into a business, and she recently completed an airy Love the Swim You're In campaign. She's been featured on Good Morning America. She is really a prime example of an influencer who put her business hat on and is making it happen. So welcome, Sarah. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to chat today. I'm excited to be on. So I like to kick off the episodes with a little this or that. So if you want, we can get into it. Great, let's do it. Okay, are you an early riser or a night owl? I am a night owl, but I wish I was an early riser. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I'm like, anytime someone says early riser, I'm like, tell me your secrets. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, tea or coffee? Okay, I'm going to say neither because I actually don't drink any caffeine. Nice. That's awesome. I, I did that for about two or three years, but it was short-lived. And maybe that's why I'm not an early riser. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you just not like the taste? Is it the caffeine that um, you don't like? It's actually just a religious preference. Oh, okay. But yeah. Yeah, we, I also try not to drink a ton of soda just so that I drink more water instead. <laughs> totally. My, my complexion is always much more clear when I just drink water. It's so true. Water really is like the one thing that we should just all only be drinking. <laughs> totally. <laughs> a colorful wardrobe or a neutral wardrobe? Colorful. Colorful, 100%. <laughs> um, takeout or cooking? Takeout. What's just your be- favorite thing to take out? Oh, um, honestly, it could be anything. I feel like we just have so much going on that I wish I had more time to cook. I used to cook a lot more when the blog was not full-time or anything, um, and it's always more healthy when you're cooking, but... It's so true. I guess one of our guilty pleasures is getting, like, pizza on a Friday night. <laughs> yes, love that. I, I've been craving pizza all day, actually, so this Oops. is really timely. <laughs> Sorry. That never helps. <laughs> I literally was making a smoothie today, and on Instagram, I was just like, actually, can someone just send me a pizza? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> um, so I might be doing that for dinner. But... So let's transition into your blog and how you were able to turn that into a business because that is kind of the million dollar question is how you turn that into something that's profitable. And for you, a huge piece of that was finding a niche, correct? Yes, 100%. So I, just like my background, I have always loved fashion. I started working at Nordstrom as a intern in high school and then when I turned 18 I started working for the brand the company and I worked on and off for Nordstrom all through college and even after I graduated I did their like management training program Mm -hmm. Um, and I just I've always loved fashion I've always been super into it and passionate about it I graduated from college with a degree in advertising and to do so I had to go do an internship and I decided to do one in New York City and I did it with a fashion forward ad agency which was so amazing to go on shoots and the clients that I was helping with while I was an intern were David Wiseman and uh, sorry 
Stuart Wiseman and David Yearman. So amazing mm-hmm. brands. Um, and it was, I had already been reading blogs, some of the blogs I've read for so long, um, Blair Eadie, and back in 2010, that's when I started first following her blog, and that was when I first started college. Um, and it was when I came back from New York that I was like, what, what am I waiting for? You know, I need to start my own blog. And I actually had been blogging for a while, um, but it was more of like a journal to, my friends and family throughout college. So I, you know, I blogged while I was in New York. I did a uh, study abroad in Jerusalem and then just, you know, like an everyday college kid blog kind of a thing. But finally I was like, you know what, enough and is enough. I'm going to start my own blog. And when I got back from New York City, my boyfriend, who is now my husband, Robbie, <laughs> helped me set up my first blog. He did all the back end and um, created my like t- template and everything. So you know, I just was finally sharing my passion with the internet world, my little slice of the internet, and mm-hmm. it was really fun. For about two years, I just showed all my outfits and did sale roundups and things like that. Um, and then it kind of got to the point where I just wanted to do a little bit more. Um, fashion in general can be a very materialistic industry, and mm-hmm. I just kind of wanted more meaning behind it. So I published one of my very first body positive blog posts all about my own self-love journey and the ups and downs of being a woman and gaining weight and losing weight and gaining weight and that yo-yo and how I came to terms with loving myself. And it just, it resonated with so many women and young women. So from there on, a huge part of my platform has been helping women all over the world love themselves and realize their worth and their beauty and just sharing, you know, tidbits of self-love and body positive aspects all throughout my Instagram and all my social and blog and everything like that. And it's been, it's been so meaningful to be able to connect with women in a real way that has so much more depth than just showing mm-hmm. outfits, which I still do. A fashion is still a huge part of my blog, but as I have grown and developed, so has my blog and it's become more of lifestyle than just fashion because it includes that body positive topics and fashion, but also fitness and beauty and some home decor and like just life tips in general. And Robbie is obviously a huge part of my blog as well and our relationship. So it's been a really great way for me to stand out because there is a lot of noise in the blogging industry and a lot of people doing a lot of the same things. So you have to Mm -hmm. find how you can stick out. Did you ever feel the pressure to kind of follow what it seemed like every other blogger was doing? Oh, totally, especially when I first started because, I mean, it's the industry has changed so much oh, yeah. that back then I, I never once reached out to any blogger that I look up to at the time when I first started and asked, like, how they did it. Now I get those DMs and emails, oh, I know. like, it's every so day. True. So yeah. it was kind of like you just had to test the waters and kind of see what everybody else was doing to then – you know, make your own way. Um, but now, you know, I, I have my own platform and I really have my own voice and brand. And for the most part, I just do my own thing. Of course, I'm, you know, influenced by trends and the yeah. hottest handbag or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part, I just I just do me on my little slice of the internet and it's been really meaningful and successful. I love that. So when you posted that very first body positive post, yes. did you think, okay, I'm just going to post this. I'm just going to put it out there yes. and I'm just sharing something. Or did you think this is something that's going to progress into so much more? Um, yeah, at the time it was just like, I'm going to sh- finally share something that has 
affected me so much throughout my life. And so this was before body positive was trending. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, which is awesome. It's so awesome that it's trending and it's obviously, you know, it's such a huge conversation piece with so many brands too, not only bloggers now. Um, so yeah, I just put it out there and I had no idea. And this was when I was tiny. Like I had maybe a handful like of followers, like a couple thousand. Um, and I had no idea the effect it would have and how it would be so relatable to so many young women and women. Um, and just to see how well that resonated with them, I was like, okay, I think, I think this is it. I think this is what's going to set me apart. Mm. And so as you're starting to talk more and more about this, what, was the, what were the reactions from your audience? All so good. It was all really supportive and like I said, just being relatable where mm-hmm. women are like, oh, I go through this. And so if she goes through it, I guess it's okay to go through it. Kind of a, an attitude. Um, but yeah, so many people were so supportive. And I'm sure for some people it was like, well, this is a little too personal. But as we all know, everyone craves personal yeah. topics now. It's not taboo like it used to be. And so to finally be able to like read something like that from a fashion blogger or a blogger in general. It was just like, wow, like, okay, her life looks glamorous. And, you know, a lot of people think that bloggers' lives are perfect because they get to see the highlight reels on Instagram. Right. But to actually talk about things that are really meaningful and that everyone, most people, most women go through, um, it was just, it was really refreshing. Yeah. So in the business side of things, Mm -hmm. when did you see that, like, it actually paid off to have this niche. So not only did you get to talk about something that Mm -hmm. was so important to you, but it actually like transformed your career. Yeah, of course. So I think that that is something that people have a hard time understanding is that people see, oh, Sarah gets to work with amazing brands and go on really fun trips and live the life of luxury. And, (laughs) but like, that's not how it is, right? We all, (laughs) we all grind for so long doing what we're passionate about. So I am, I will be hitting my five year blog anniversary in August in just a few months. Thank you. And it wasn't until I would say the very beginning of 2017 when I was making a full-time salary. So that was mm-hmm. like four years, you know? Yeah. And um, since then, it's been amazing. Um, but, you know, it just takes so much hard work to continue to just, you know, chip away at your goal and your and your dreams and to finally be able to you know, be able to work with those dream brands and have the platform I have to talk about things that are really important to me. Like that's what means the most, but people just have sometimes forget that there's so many years worth of hard work leading up to that. (laughs) Absolutely. I bet you get this all the time, but I get a lot of emails like I started my blog. I'm not getting any traction. I Mm -hmm. think I'm going to quit. And I ask how long they've been doing it. And they're like three months. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So true. Yeah. I, I can't tell you how many long emails, in-depth emails, and phone conversations I've had with friends or friends of friends in the past of, hey, I want to start a blog, like, tell me how you do it, and, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll go through this long whole spiel of, like, okay, this is what's worked for me, this is what I suggest you do, and a few months in, and, you know, they're no longer posting, or Mm -hmm. they've moved on to the next thing, because for a lot of people, I think they see being a blogger, an influencer, 
as, like I said, like this life of luxury where it just, you know, brands just magically send you things for free and pay you thousands of dollars to represent them in a campaign. But it's not that at all. And it takes so long to get to that point where you have an established brand and your audience is looking to you for very authentic advice or, you know, looking to you to look to then help them live their best lives or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And people forget that it takes a long time to get to that point where you right. have a trusting audience, where brands trust you with their name, things like that. What do you think sets someone apart, especially today in 2018 with the industry landscape of someone who is going to be the person to really carve out a space for themselves and the person who's just going to try it out and just be like, eh, this seemed too hard. Yeah, well, I think it all comes down to passion. So, you know, I think a lot of people see dollar signs when they think about being a blogger and an influencer, and that's great. You know, it's awesome that we have this industry mm-hmm. that's so new and is creating amazing careers for so many women and men all over the world, but there's so much more behind it. Um, You know, are you going to be the person that puts in the 80 hours a week of working for yourself as opposed to the 40 hours a week of working for somebody else? And I think that that's the difference is the passion and drive behind it. Are you passionate about what you're blogging about or talking about on social media? Or is it just every single thing you post is you want to be an ad so you can get paid, you know? And -hmm. people, and that's the thing is that an audience can see right through that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And we all can see right through that. And so... You know, like I said, so many people forget that so many of us bloggers really do have a passion for whatever topic or niche we're talking about, and it's not all about the dollar signs. Mm -hmm. What are some boundaries that you've put in place when it comes to your blog in order to make sure that you are providing the most honest and authentic content to your audience? Yeah, that's a really great question. So for me... I always try and work with brands. Well, first and foremost, my favorite brands to work with are the ones that have a body positive messaging behind them. Mm -hmm. So I've always said, for example, I will never work with like a swimsuit. um, No, I shouldn't say swimsuit. Sorry. I will never work with a lingerie company that doesn't have a body positive messaging behind it because I'm not trying Mm -hmm. to just like show off my body, if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to be inspirational and just show women of all sizes, especially women of my size, that you can be sexy and happy and confident in the body you're in, but I'm not trying to be sensual or, you know what I mean? Yeah. I want, I want women to think that they can be sexy no matter their size, but I'm never trying to showcase my body in a way that's like inviting for the masses to gawk over or, you know, I always, I always block and delete creepy men. I'm not trying to have an audience like that either. No. Yeah, so... And it's okay to block people, and it's so, like, I do it too. Yeah, no, totally. Um, I block people all the time that are, you know, I am okay. I am definitely someone who's okay with um, constructive criticism, but when people are being downright mean and nasty, like, yeah. nope, you don't get, you don't get a space on my, on my space, right. you know? And there's, there's a difference. <laughs> totally. There's a difference. Yeah. It totally is. And as far as other boundaries I've set, um... I don't drink, I mentioned caffeine, but I also don't drink alcohol. And living in San Francisco, I get a lot of inquiries about, you know, wineries and Napa Mm -hmm. and and things like that and or just alcohol companies in general. I actually got invited to a really awesome concert that 
was, um, it was Bruno Mars actually a few months ago when he was in San Francisco, but the company that was inviting me was an alcohol company and I had to post with like their drink in hand. And so, and it was like VIP tickets. It would have been awesome, (laughs) but I was just like, no, like that's, you know, my audience knows I don't drink and I'm just not going to promote something that I don't, I don't necessarily agree with, um, for my own personal beliefs. Right. Everyone so, would just be, like, so confused. <laughs> yeah, they'd be like, wait, we thought you didn't drink. Why do you have a drink in your hand? You know what I mean? So yeah. <laughs> boundaries, I think boundaries are really good, and I think it's good that your audience knows about them, too, because um, then it's just another way where you appear more genuine and authentic. When, do you feel like it was easier for you to set these boundaries because you established your um, – blogging presence early on, whereas maybe someone now might feel the pressure to just partner with anyone just to feel like they're doing something? Yeah, I mean, once again, this goes back to a lot of people seeing just the dollar signs behind Mm -hmm. a campaign or the status of it or whatever that may be. Um, And I think that I think that boundaries can change over time, too, as you grow as a person. I, I think it's really silly when people think, like, oh, five years ago she said she wouldn't do this, and, you know, now here yeah. she's doing it. So yeah. it, it's just yeah, we all grow, we all change, we all evolve. But, you know, there are certain things that I definitely have boundaries that will never change. For sure. I love that. And, you know, I think that that's how you really cultivate that audience that trusts you long term is when you can establish that. And with the, with the way the industry is going, it's like we do want to establish those long-term relationships because we can't always predict like what Instagram's going to do. Totally. So it's the people who really want to stick around who will follow us on whatever next platform of the moment is, yes, so to speak. Yes, totally. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, I think that's why my blog is still really important to me too as well because mm-hmm. – like you said, with the changes of Instagram and the algorithm that a lot of us hate, but at the same time, <laughs> we just kind of have to, it's ebbs and flows, right? So you yeah. just have to work with it. And as much as we complain about it, Instagram not, is not going to go back to how it was because they've realized all of the monetary potential there. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's why my blog is so important to me. And I still, it's still something that I will always focus on because I own that content. I can be real and me and you know, it's not like the algorithm. If you go to my blog post, you'll see the most recent one and, and -hmm. things like that. So totally. Yeah. Did you ever feel like, okay, with Instagram becoming so huge, Mm -hmm. maybe I shouldn't be spending so much time on my blog or was that just always like, okay, this is what I own. This is my platform. So like I have to just keep going, even though it's quote unquote trendy right now to be on Instagram. Um, that's a great question. So I feel like I have always, always had my blog as the most important thing, even though my audience is the biggest on Instagram. But the funny thing is, (laughs) that being said, because we travel so much and because a blog takes so much more work than just a single photo, Mm -hmm. um, I definitely don't post as much as I wish I was posting on my blog, but you're right. You know, it's so trendy to be on Instagram. And like I said, that's where my biggest audience is, is. And I think that blogs are still so important, but readership has gone down just because now there are so many other ways to follow you and keep up to date with your life. Um, mm-hmm. And that's one reason why I love Instagram stories, too, is because yeah. I could get, you know, a 
you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten thousand likes on an Instagram photo, but stories I have way more views because people really want to see the in the moment, the personality, you know, what you're doing, where you are, that's so much more authentic than a curated feed. Totally. How do you stay up to date with, you know, the trends in the industry, like making sure you're mm-hmm. really putting yourself out there in a relevant way? Well, I personally still read blogs. I have like a list of like <laughs> 10 blogs I still read like every morning. I just do yeah. that while I eat breakfast. I've always really enjoyed that. I feel like it's a time for me to, it's a great way for me to kick off the day to see what my favorite bloggers who I followed for years and years and years are posting about. Um, but mm-hmm. even just, you know, being on Instagram or on Fa- I'm in Facebook with a, a few different um, blogger groups and seeing what they're posting and, you know, what brand campaigns they're working on. It's fun to see something that you're working on and then see what someone similar or maybe completely different is also working on the same campaign. Um, I, I still read magazines as well. That's something I like to do when I get my nails done. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think what else. We don't really, I mean, we, we keep up to date. Sorry, say we, me and Robbie, as far as like <laughs> watching the trendy shows, but we don't actually, yeah. we don't have cable. We don't watch TV, TV, so... And, yeah. and like I go to fashion weeks and I love watching, right. um, if I can't attempt, you know, like the international shows, I still will watch them online because I love seeing what's coming for the new season. So yeah, I try, it's, it's very organic though. It's not something I'm like, well, I need to do this. I need to do this. It's all right. because it's just been something I've been interested in for so long. It's very organic for me. Yeah, it's kind of like you're still getting inspired the same ways that you felt inspired when you first started. Totally. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. So when it comes to, you know, increasing your presence as a blogger, last year you you and your husband did go viral. Yes. So talk about that experience and what that was like for you. Yeah, so it was crazy. Um, I think, and it was crazy on like so many different levels. So a, a post Robbie did about me, so not on my platform, on his Instagram handle went viral. And as you know, people don't choose what goes viral. Like, things just go viral. Right, yeah. And I think that's, like, I think people forget that sometimes because... I think you're right. Yeah, Yeah. it's not like you can set something up to go viral. Like, it just, it gets picked up, (laughs) and then it goes viral. So it was, his post was about me, and it was a picture of us on the beach in Florida, in Miami. And um, he basically was just talking about how we can change what men, how men, he was speaking to men mostly, can change the perception of beauty and just talked Mm -hmm. about loving me as a curvy woman and what society thinks is beautiful how we can change that and you know really just think about different ways and shapes and forms and sizes you know of beauty and it was really positive for the first week or so and then it turned really negative really fast because it's the internet yeah. And people yeah. always, you know, have something to say, want to voice their opinion and are really mean. And um, it's just, we, we laugh all the time because half of the people commenting thought I was curvy and half of the people were like, she's just average. She's not even, <laughs> she's not even a big girl. And so it's just funny because... Yeah, everyone has their yeah, perception. For me, it was just like, well, this is what I deal with on a daily basis. Like brands think I'm too small or too big because yeah. I am a curvy blogger, but I'm not plus size. I call myself an in-betweeny. I'm a size 10, 12. So mm-hmm. it's been hard. It's been awesome to see like the plus size market absolutely take off. And, you know, there's so many amazing lines that carry plus size now and models 
curvy models or walking down the runway, but there's still this weird space for someone like me where I'm like, my body is very average size and it represents the true American woman. And yet it's like, you're either a two or you're a 16 and that's what's being shown Mm -hmm. from brands. So anyways, that being said, um, it was a really crazy time. People, I think a lot of people didn't realize with my husband's post is that I was already a curvy, body-positive fashion blogger because a lot of people were, like, thinking that I was this meek, mild, self-conscious woman that a husband was trying to lift her up with this post. And uh, that that wasn't the situation at all, right. obviously. And <laughs> my husband writes these kind of posts about me all the time, and people who followed us know that, and it was very organic. It wasn't this weird post that he just did out of the blue that went viral. It was just the mm-hmm. one that got picked up. So, yeah, it was it was a whirlwind. We were on Good Morning America. We were on Good Morning Britain. We had, you know, people interviewed us and just every outlet, not only across the nation, but across the world. And still to this day, we still get articles sent to us from followers all over the world in their own languages. And it's so crazy. And wow. Yeah, it was it was it was hard because going viral, people will try and bring you down and say really nasty things and write nasty things about you. Um, but it also was really, really great for our career. It tripled my Instagram following and his Instagram following as well. And it finally kind of just gave me that voice where I was established as a body positive blogger and, um, you know, I was able to write things in shape and just Mm -hmm. amazing platforms that helped me build my voice that way. How did you really stay strong throughout that, especially when the negative comments started to creep in? Yeah, I mean, that was that was hard. I wouldn't say that it didn't affect us because it definitely did. And, and I've dealt with trolls my whole career as mm-hmm. a fashion blogger because I think people in general like to pick on fashion bloggers a lot. Yeah. And <laughs> then, like, I'm a curvy fashion blogger, so even more so. Um, so that... You know, over the years, I've, I've learned to have a harder skin when it comes, a thicker skin when it comes to trolls. But these were people who were nasty. And it was hard. It's not like it was easy. I think we just kind of had to write it out. Um, and in the end, it ended up being okay because, like I said, it, was, it just helped establish me even more so as a body-positive fashion blogger. And it helped build my platform and gave me more of a voice, but it was definitely hard. We just kind of had to ride out the negativity. Totally. So when it comes to being this voice, especially for, um, you know, the body positive movement and really making sure that your audience and not just your audience, but, you know, everyone who's like starting to even find you through a friend who's in your audience, Mm -hmm. how does that really trickle down to you know, teenagers and just what they're experiencing right now, especially when it comes to social media? Yeah, um, that's a great question. So I am 26 and I have been out of high school. I feel like I've been, I haven't been a teenager for a long time. <laughs> it, hasn't yeah. even, it hasn't even been 10 years yet, but it feels like a long time. Yeah. Um, and so in my mind, I'm not necessarily like my audience isn't necessarily teenagers. Um, right, exactly. So I'm wondering like what's yeah. like that trickle down effect? No, for sure. And so yeah. it's very interesting as my platform has grown, I will have moms message me and say, okay. I love that my daughter follows you or whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, 
it just goes back to, I always say I never had a curvy role model growing up because it just, Mm -hmm. it wasn't there at all. And these moms will just be like, I'm so grateful that my daughter follows you and has someone who is trying not only to inspire them to love their bodies, how they are, but also just to live a really positive, happy lifestyle as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where it's trickled down to the most. Um, But yeah, I actually do have quite a few, you know, I would say they're probably a little bit older. They're more like 16 to 18 year old girls. Um, Mm -hmm. who follow me. Actually, this is kind of a fun little tidbit. I have, they're not necessarily teenagers anymore, but I did a giveaway for the Taylor Swift concert here in San Francisco. I wanted to fly out. I wanted to fly out two followers and have them come to the concert with me in a fun like weekend in San Francisco. And that's next weekend. Yes. And, and the winners. That's so exciting. (laughs) The winners ended up being two college girls and they're, yeah, they're younger. And so, Um, and they've been loyal followers for a really long time. So it's, it's fun to have just be, I'm so excited to finally connect with them. And, um, it's just, it's, it's crazy the amount of influence you have once you have an established platform, because I never in a million years would thought that I'd have a mom telling me that I was the role model to her teenager young girl who, you know, is really struggling. And I, I couldn't mm-hmm. even imagine what it would be like to be a teenager in this day and age with social media right. and, and the bullying and everything. Um, mm-hmm. I was really lucky that I was not bullied growing up, but my brother was. And that's something that still makes me so sad about. Um, mm-hmm. So I couldn't imagine having to deal with that. But at the same time, thank goodness for social media so that when they are being bullied, they still can have role models Mm-hmm. that look like them or that had a similar journey as far as like weight gain and weight loss and weight gain. And, um, yeah, it's been awesome to see that. Yeah. I think that's a really interesting point because so, um, during the winters I am a high school cheerleading coach. Cool. And so I'm really seeing how, I mean, how their high school experience is so different yeah. from what ours was. And so there's there's moments where it's like, okay, social media can be construed as a really negative thing. Yes. That's like increasing these feelings. Yeah. But at the same time, this is the platform for, you know, them to really start to see more of who's like them instead of yeah. just who's in, like, this is a really small private school. So there's like, I don't know, 60 kids per grade. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're not going to get a huge sample size yeah. of people. Yeah, and, you know, like you said, a lot of people, and I'm sure a lot of parents think who may be, I mean, my parents are finally catching on to my career. They, <laughs> they but it, it took a long time, and yeah. don't even get, every time I talk to my grandfather, he's like, what do you do again? How do you make money? <laughs> you know, so for that generation, it's hard for them to wrap their mind around the good that comes out of social media when all they're hearing as parents is the bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, it's it's kind of been one of me and Robbie's goals is to help spread like light and positivity and happiness through our social media. That's a huge aspect of both of our platforms besides just my body positivity aspect. Right. I love that. Is there a sense of added pressure that you feel because you know, you're not just a fashion blogger. Yeah. Like there's so much more realness and purpose behind this. So does that feel like added pressure? Um, I don't feel like it does, <laughs> except for maybe when I actually sit down like this and think about like And think about oh, it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I actually might be a role model to <laughs> women and girls all over the world. Um, yeah, I don't think, it, from the day-to-day life, it doesn't, just because I think it's very organic for me. 
Um, I just have always, I would say it, I've always had a very happy personality where, mm-hmm. um, and, and Robbie even more so, he, he's the most positive person you'll ever meet um, and always looks on the bright side and, you know, always gives everyone the benefit of the doubt. Um, and so to just be that way already, I think that that's probably what's helped even more so in sharing that with a worldwide audience. I love that. So what's coming up next for you in for the rest of 2018? Oh, man. Well, we just got home from like five weeks of street travel. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. And so this is like we are trying to recover from all of that. Last week was our first week home, but I was sick all week, which I'm Aww. thankful that I was sick at home and not while traveling. True. It was like my, my body was just... You're, you're done. You need to stop. You yep. need to sleep. You need to just stay home. Um, so coming up, we have a lot of really exciting changes happening this year. I can't talk about a lot of them yet. <laughs> I know. I wish I could. But there's a, lot of, there's a lot of really fun expansion that's going to happen and change Ooh. that's going to happen. Um, yeah, we are hoping to sign some really awesome campaigns coming up. I've been talking with several brands about more long-term, long-term, like year-long partnerships. So lots of fun, exciting things on the horizon. I can't believe this year is almost half over. It's, I know. It's, it's insane. It's May 3rd. It's so crazy. It's kind of just been a whirlwind already, but it's been a really great year. Yeah, that's so awesome and so exciting. So that being said, though, with all the exciting things happen mm-hmm. happening, have you had that, oh my God, I did it, I made this moment happen moment yet? You know, I feel like I feel like that happened last year after in the aftermath of going viral. So okay. during was just really crazy, um, a lot of emotions, emotional roller coaster for sure. But it was after where months later I was still getting messages from women and young women all over the world saying that what I do impacts them and helps build their confidence. Like I, if you would have asked me growing up what I want to do, I never would have said, oh, I want to help build other women's confidence. Like, but to be in a position to do so and get messages that make me cry because I realize the effect that my influence, my platform has on other people, especially being in you know, or starting off in the fashion blogging industry I think that's the point where it's like, this is what I was meant to do. Like having a platform where, yes, I get to share my fun travels and my fun outfits um, and materialistic things like that that are great, but then actually having a very meaningful platform that helps change lives and helps women feel self-loved and secure and confident and happy. That's, That's honestly like the pinnacle of my brand for me. Totally. Do you feel like that's what gets you through, you know, the long work days, the like the not so glamorous side of things? Totally. It, it totally does. Because like I said, it all goes back to drive and passion. So, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm having an off day or where I'm having a really long day where it's like midnight and I'm still working that night, I'll think um, it, that's what drives me, you know, is to see the change, the small change that I'm fostering in the world of helping women love who they are I love that so much what is your like main influence or legacy that when you know the social media thing is completely different 50 years from now who knows what's going on what is still that legacy that you really hope to 
leave on the world? I just would say that I would hope that whoever I have touched in their lives would be able to look back and be like, Sarah Tripp helped me gain the confidence to live a happy and successful life, whatever that may be for them. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) But, and I asked that question because I feel like a lot of times the word influencer or blogger kind of gets a weird rap. Totally. You know, like people are just like, oh, it's just superficial. It's just pictures on the beach, whatever. But at the end of the day, if we kind of shift that framework and think about, actually, this is a way to like really leave an imprint and a way that anyone can. Like you don't have to be like this famous guru in order to do that. I mean, when you think about like that, the first thing that comes to my mind are the Florida students who've had such Mm -hmm. an impact and they're literally teenagers, you know? Yeah. And it's, they've had an impact through social media. And so there's just so much, and I, you know, I don't think that they would necessarily call themselves like influencers, maybe activists, you know? Yeah. But still like we are living in this modern day where you can be quote unquote an activist and whatever you're passionate about and then have an impact on society because of that. It's really cool. It's really cool. You know, it's just one of the ways that social media does have a positive effect or can have a positive effect. Absolutely. So I know people are going to ask or at least make sure I ask. Okay. (laughs) Like how, like what can you attribute to the growth of your community? So basically, you know, everyone wants to know, like, how did you grow your Instagram? How do you get traffic to your blog? (laughs) Totally. So for, for Instagram, I mean, Going viral definitely catapulted my presence, but you know, we're still growing and it's hard. It's not like it's not, it's not as easy as it used to be because of the algorithm and things like that. But for me, something that I've made a huge priority and I literally spend like hours a day doing is I respond to everyone. I respond to all my DMs. I respond to blog comments. I respond to... I mean, comments just on Instagram posts, and people know that. My audience is very aware of that, and I think a lot of people are surprised if they've never, you know, sent me a DM or anything, and I answer them back. They're like, whoa, (laughs) like, I can't believe you answered. And it's just like, well, but this is a community, you know? This isn't Mm -hmm. just, this is like a two-way stream for me. This isn't just me putting out a million things on the internet and hoping you see them. This is like a conversation. So, of course, I'm going to answer you, and emails for sure, that's another really great way to reach me too. So just to have a genuine loyal audience, like that is just a really great way to grow because that person then tells their friends about you and their friends tell mm-hmm. their friends. And it's just, it's like a trickle effect when people realize, oh, that's a real genuine person on the other side who has real feelings, who cares about what I have to say. It's so true. And it even kind of comes down to using the platform as it's intended to be. Like, yes social. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's so true. I I think, I mean, I remember when I was quite a few years into this and I would, you know, I actually am lucky to have bloggers who I have, you know, followed for a really long time, answer me back. But there's been other girls who are women who just don't. And mm-hmm. I don't understand that because I'm like, okay, well, it's one thing if I guess your purpose of your Instagram is different than mine. Um, but your audience is what makes you, you know, and, and it's so important that you do have that conversation with them, that it's not just a one way thing. Right. 
And it's, I mean, okay, we're not talking like you have 20,000 followers. Like, you have a great size following (laughs) and you're taking the moment to do that. You know, like, I I mean, I've messaged people again with, like, under 20,000 followers and never gotten a response. And I'm like... I mean, I think you could probably rest. Totally, totally. And I, I get, you know, sometimes things will get lost in Yeah, DMs. oh, yeah, DM is so hectic. Yeah, so. DM can be hectic. And, like, when brands always email me in DMs, or, sorry, like, send me a message in DM, yeah. I tell them, email me because this will get lost. Um, and if someone wants a very lengthy answer or dialogue or whatever, then I'll say, email me, let's chat there. Um, but otherwise, you know, most things take, like, three seconds to answer back, <laughs> you know? Totally. And I get that it builds up because, like I said, I spend hours answering everyone back a day, but it's it's important mm-hmm. to me. So if it's important to you, and it, it, honestly, I can definitely attribute that to helping me grow. So I think that everyone should take that into consideration. I love that. I think that's huge advice because, again, like, if you – this is what I remind people, like, if you're not getting the engagement that you want, Mm -hmm. ask yourself how you're engaging with other people. Totally, it's so true. Yeah, like, comment on things, you know, besides, I don't know, people have a lot of opinions about comment pods, but at the same... (laughs) What are your thoughts on them? Well, I'm in comment pods, and I, but I also am in comment pods that make sense for my brand. Uh, so I think, right. I think that's important. You know, if you're mm-hmm. if you're in a comment pod and you're absolutely hating commenting on that that pod's following, then mm-hmm. maybe you should rethink that. But at the same time, you still, you know, if your friend or or a blogger you follow posts something you love, like comment on it and tell them. And that just it boosts everybody, you know, where especially with like top comments now and everything, who knows, like that could end up being a top comment and being the first one. And um, like you said, if you're not seeing the engagement that you want, think about how you're engaging. Right. It's a really great way to think about that. Yeah. Do you have any other advice for, you know, the newer blogger? Well, I think what it comes down to for me was finding my niche and finding, mm-hmm. you know, you might be passionate about writing, but what is it that you're actually passionate about writing, you know? Yes, yes. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, you know, you have to establish yourself as this is what I want to share with the world on the internet and go forward and do that. It can't just be what everyone else is doing because, like I said, there's so much noise, especially as social media just continues to develop that you have to cut through that and you have to figure out a way to do that by sharing what you're most passionate about love that okay so to wrap up these episodes I always ask my guests two questions okay and the first one is what was your morning routine like today oh well today was I would say not normal (laughs) (laughs) that's why I asked this question yeah That's a great question. So I had a, I actually had a phone call with a really exciting opportunity at 9 a.m. So I I set my alarm um, for 8, which I usually wake up at like 7.30, 8. But we went to sleep kind of late last night and I have, I'm still getting over a cold. So anyway, set my alarm for 8. The first thing I always do is check my email, which maybe isn't the best thing is to grab your phone right away, but I do it. And then I check Instagram and then I got on a phone call, then I ate breakfast, brushed my teeth, and started away on emails for the rest of the day. Nice. And then what is your favorite lifestyle hack, tip, trick, anything you kind of 
have up your sleeve when it comes to beauty, wellness, fashion, business, anything? Oh, that that is a really great question. Um, my best, I would say, I guess it could be lifestyle, but more pertaining to like any industry, I guess, um, would be to always carry business cards with you because you never know, you never know who you're going to run into, who you're going to chat with. Um, I had just a quick example when we, Robbie and I were just at the reward style conference, which was held in Dallas at their Mm -hmm. HQ. And, um, I actually spoke on a panel there. Um, and one of the days I was standing in line to get on a bus where they were taking us to lunch and there was this older couple sitting there and I didn't really think anything of it. Like it's mostly, it's like, like Robbie was pretty much the only male there. It's like 90% female, 95% female. And then this old couple and they just randomly asked me where I was from. And I was like, oh, I live in San Francisco. They're like, oh, we live in San Francisco. Well, turns out as we got to chatting with them, he was on the board of Reward Style, which just means he is a very successful man. Yes. They live in San Francisco (laughs) and his wife is a freelancer and she's pretty much written for every fashion magazine you could ever think of. And we, we ended up sitting next to them at lunch and chatting for like two hours. And we both gave them our business cards and already have a breakfast meeting set up to get together again so like I said you just never know who you're gonna meet and don't be pretentious and talk to everybody because you never know what kind of connection you're gonna have (laughs) oh my gosh that's huge because a lot of people are like oh business cards like who wants a business card but again like I mean what else are you gonna do like hope that they remember to like look you up on Instagram. Yeah, and especially in that instance, it was an older couple. And I mean, they're like my parents' age, but um, it's not like us where the first thing we do is hop on and like look up their, you know, their username and follow them. So always have your business cards with you. I love that. I love that a lot. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. Where can everyone find you? You can find me my blog is sassierlipstick.com. My Instagram handle is sassierlipstick. Um, or on other s- channels, it's Sarah Tripp. So that's where you can find me. Come follow. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> so seriously, Sarah, like this was so good. And I just love all the nuggets and the inspiration about like what can happen when you really just, you know, share your message. Yeah. And how it just becomes what it's supposed to become, honestly. Thanks for listening to the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast. Loved this episode? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review. For show notes and free tips and trainings, head over to monicawoodhams.com slash podcast. You'll be able to learn more about this week's guest and how to connect with her as well. Talk soon, y'all.